Welcome to a weekend episode of Software Engineering Daily. There are no ads in this episode, and we'll be back to our normal format on Monday. Today is an episode about Podsheets. Podsheets is a set of open source tools for podcast hosting, publishing, ad management, community engagement, and more. Podsheets is influenced by our experience managing Software Engineering Daily, a full-time podcast business. Software Engineering Daily is a podcast that airs five times per week, with four ads per show and 50 business weeks per year. So we have 1,000 podcast ads that we manage per year. Podcast ad sales is an inefficient market, and the tooling around managing ads for the individual podcaster is poor. Difficulties in the podcast ecosystem also exist for new podcasters. It is still very confusing to get started as a podcaster. Podcasting should be easy as blogging, but remains far from it. Podsheets serves the use cases of all podcasters, from beginners to full-time professionals. In this episode and in the blog post that goes along with it, I outline the landscape of podcasting and the major corporate players, the workflow of a podcaster, and the mechanics of running a podcast business. Next, I'm going to present Podsheets, a set of open-source tools for podcasters. Finally, I'll give predictions for how the media landscape will shift in the coming years, creating a need for more open-source media publishing tools. The State of Podcasting Podcasting has been having a renaissance over the last five years. In 2014, the launch of Serial coincided with improvements to cellular bandwidth in the United States. It was now possible to stream podcasts from your phone easily and cheaply. There was great content to listen to, and the improved infrastructure made it all listenable. Still, podcasting has remained in a fractured stalemate for five years after the launch of Serial. This was due to the fact that Apple had first-mover advantage as the dominant podcast index, but Apple opted not to capitalize on that fact. This is understandable, as Apple's core competency is futuristic hardware, and its resources have been allocated to business lines such as self-driving cars and augmented reality glasses. In 2019, Spotify acquired Gimlet, a source of premium podcast content, and Anchor, the most popular, simplest podcast host. Spotify is making a play at consolidating the market of podcasting, and Spotify has a clear path to becoming the YouTube of podcasts. We should all celebrate this as a long time coming. At the same time, we recognize the hunger for decentralized media platforms. The centralization of video content within YouTube has driven conspiracy theory, ad fraud, and other problems that are difficult for a centralized player to solve. These problems manifest for text as well, and Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey has spoken enthusiastically about the potential for blockchain technology to improve trust for applications such as Twitter. Podcasts have suffered and benefited from the lack of centralization. As the podcast world swings toward a centralized marketplace, there is a need for a counter-movement towards open, decentralized infrastructure. The Players What follows is an overview of the types of players in the podcasting ecosystem. Today's ecosystem is fragmented and messy. The line between podcast networks, ad agencies, and production studios is blurry. Podcasters 
Individual podcasters range from small, unmonetized podcasts to individuals with millions of listeners. The staff for an individual podcaster may include ad sales, editing, scheduling, and technical operations such as website management. The individual podcaster might hire these people on full or part-time basis. To sell ads, a podcaster often works with a podcast ad agency. The podcaster might join a podcast network to consolidate inventory with other podcasters. Some podcasts, such as Software Engineering Daily, manage all their ad sales in-house. This requires demanding activities, such as prospecting, account management, close management, and client services. The next player is Podcast Production Studios. NPR, Gimlet, and Vox Media are examples of podcast production studios. These companies own physical studio space to produce high-quality audio content on a regular basis. The next player is Podcast Networks. You have Earwolf, Nerdist, and Podcast One as examples of podcast networks. A podcast network combines the inventory available across multiple podcasts in order to sell more efficiently to advertisers. The next player is Spotify. Spotify is perfectly positioned to become the YouTube of podcasts. With its acquisition of Anchor, Spotify has a real chance at capturing the creation, the distribution, the hosting, and automated monetization of podcasts. With its acquisition of Gimlet Media, Spotify gains high-quality content, established production processes, and sales teams. Gimlet was co-founded by Alex Bloomberg, whose roots in NPR give Spotify knowledge of the entire history of the modern audio space. The next player is Apple. Apple maintains the central index of podcasts. Other podcast indexes are usually built by scraping Apple. Compared to its available resources, Apple has invested almost nothing into podcasting over the last five years. Its biggest milestone is a detailed analytics tool that lets podcasters see detailed data on when users are dropping off from various podcasts. Apple Podcast Analytics is a seemingly simple tool, but not trivially easy to build and deploy. The Podcast Analytics tool could be a bellwether for more vigorous technical investments from Apple in the future. In any case, Apple could have acted sooner. Apple could have poured money into podcasting at any point in the last five years. Why hasn't Apple become the Spotify of podcasts? There are many reasons why this could be. Apple could be apathetic about podcasts. When you are managing the iPhone supply chain and building self-driving cars, it's hard to care about MP3 files and RSS feeds. Apple could be enthusiastic about the fractured state of the ecosystem. Maybe Apple actually likes the fact that there has not been a consolidation. Apple is kind of a rebellious company in very subtle ways, and podcasts are perhaps the most rebellious content medium today. Apple could be marshalling the troops for its own grab at the YouTube of podcasts. Apple is easing into high-quality original content production for TV. You've got Apple News. If Apple has a desire to expand into a multimedia network, it does have that option. Apple has been historically willing to pursue a last-mover advantage. 
perhaps we will see more investment in podcasting from Apple in the near future. The next player is YouTube. YouTube is relevant because searching for individual podcast episodes is currently immature. As an example, try searching Google for podcasts where Seth Godin talks about his childhood. Seth Godin has been on many podcasts. I've listened to many of them. He's also written many blogs. It is easy to find the blogs where he talks about his childhood, but the podcasts are much harder to find. Many podcasts are not transcribed, so there is not a good index of what is said on that podcast episode, unless someone proactively transcribes the audio. YouTube automatically transcribes the videos that are uploaded. This allows YouTube to offer contextual ads as well as closed captioning. In order to get your podcast on YouTube, you need to convert each audio file into a video and upload it to YouTube. Most podcasters do not want to do this. To summarize, YouTube has the best search engine for individual podcast episodes, except that many podcasts are not actually on YouTube. If you are not a YouTube Red subscriber, your video will stop playing when you lock the screen on your phone. In order to exclusively listen to a YouTube video, you need to be a YouTube Red subscriber. The next type of player is the podcast ad agency. Individual podcasters who do not want to sell ads but do want to have advertisements can enlist the help of a podcast ad agency. The biggest advertisers in the podcast space, like Squarespace and Audible and ZipRecruiter, they purchase inventory through these ad agencies. Agencies have huge informational advantage because they see both sides of the market in real time. They see the volume of inventory in different podcast segments. They see CPMs and CPCs and CLTVs and other acronyms that only salespeople and ad management people can parse. The big ad agencies are viciously exploitative of their leverage over podcasters. The perversions of podcast ad sales are beyond the scope of this episode, but believe me, I have experienced them firsthand. It's important to note that podcast ad agency sales is an inefficient market. Regarding ad sales, consolidation towards Spotify is a coin flip. It could actually make things better, or it could make them worse. In any case, podcasters should have a viable option for managing their own ad inventory. This is a highly important point, and we'll discuss it more in the rest of this episode, and this explains the eponymous sheet in Podsheets. Software Engineering Daily, and many other podcasts I know of, maintain detailed spreadsheets for managing their inventory. We'll discuss the importance of the podcast spreadsheet and our vision for podcast production and ads management later in this episode. Finally, there are many other players in the space that are not, I guess, big enough or influential enough, or I haven't thought of reasons to mention them. These are players like Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pandora, Libsyn. There's so many other products in the space, and they also represent important facets of this ecosystem. So the the list of players that I've mentioned are not comprehensive, but I wanted to point them out in order to give people a lay of the land. Influencer marketing predicts the future of podcast marketing. 
The best podcast ads are personal testimonials that are spliced into the episodes. Podcast ads are a form of influencer marketing. This is in stark contrast to the world of TV commercials. TV commercials are produced entirely by the product companies themselves. Influencer marketing has not consolidated into automated auctions in the way that advertising platforms like Facebook and Google Ads have consolidated. Influencer marketing has matured into a fractured, inefficient ecosystem that bears many similarities to the podcast ecosystem. We can look at the social media influencer marketing space as a leading indicator of where the podcast market might be headed, and a few points are worth considering. 1. Influencer marketing agencies take an enormous cut from both the advertisers and the influencers. 2. Influencers who have been in business for a few years realize that they can make more money and better sponsored content if they deal directly with brands instead of involving an agency. 3. As influencers have become more savvy, the market for influencer SaaS tools has expanded to serve the needs of influencers. These SaaS tools let an influencer operate like a personalized multimedia platform without the need for agency middlemen. And this is part of the point of Podsheets. Podcasters should have their own set of SaaS tools to operate their own media business without intervention from a centralized platform. Recently, I have read articles about the influencer ecosystem evolving even further with adoption of technologies such as Patreon and Discord, and I have certainly heard about podcasters doing the same thing. They use Patreon, they use Discord, but if you are a podcaster, you know that these tools are insufficient. They're not built for you. They're built for a general audience, and they do a great job, but we need tools for podcasters. How to manage a podcast with ads. Software Engineering Daily has five shows per week, four ads per show, 50 weeks per year for a total of 1,000 podcast ads. We manage our ad inventory and show production process in a spreadsheet, which is shown in this document. Well, by the way, the document um, that I originally wrote is associated with this episode. You can find that document. It's got imagery uh, I guess I'll describe the spreadsheet in brief. It is a detailed spreadsheet uh, involving lots of little macros and the podcast and our ad inventory, and uh, it's it's highly organized. It's highly programmatic. Um, it's the spreadsheet. Um, and as we sell podcast ads, we schedule those ads onto episodes in our upcoming show calendar. Our inventory, which is shown in the picture, is updated as we schedule these ads. Here's a list of some complexities that we deal with related to advertising. Prospecting. How do we find individual companies who want to buy our ads? Lead management. How do we work with a prospect through our sales process and eventually close a deal? Close management. Once a deal is closing, how do we issue the contract? Accounting. How do we issue invoices and get paid? Transparency. How does an advertiser know that we are airing our ads when we say we will? Reporting. How do we communicate statistics around our ads and episodes? Account management. How do we retain an advertiser and keep them happy? Ad scheduling. How does an advertiser pick which episodes to air their ads on? Ad insertion. 
how do we communicate to our podcast editor, who we work with, which ads to insert and at what timestamps? We address these complexities through a combination of spreadsheets and emails and CRMs and accounting tools and Slack workflows and contractors. With Podsheets, we hope to move a lot of this work into a single technology. We do not expect to replace everything, but we have a clear vision for a set of tools that are custom-built for podcasters to manage their media businesses themselves. At Software Engineering Daily, we work hard to sell our podcast ad inventory, but we are sacrificing so much value because we struggle with our tooling, and we struggle with an undeveloped advertising ecosystem. When we splice in podcast ads, that podcast ad is usually going to be in the podcast audio for the lifetime of the podcast. At Software Engineering Daily, we do not use dynamic insertion, but we would like to. What is dynamic insertion, you might ask? Dynamic insertion allows podcasters to easily change the ads that are currently spliced into their podcast episodes. Dynamic insertion can mean two things. A podcaster can manually change the ads that are spliced into an episode. For example, a podcaster releases episode X on January 3rd. Six months later, a podcaster changes the ads which are spliced into that episode. This strategy can be useful for podcasts with evergreen content. Strategy two that might be useful for dynamic insertion is podcasts that are podcast ads that are inserted on the fly based on the persona of the listener. As an example, you listen to let's say you listen to four episodes of Software Engineering Daily in a row about Bitcoin, and then you start listening to an episode about JavaScript. When you load this episode, we we should, if we are smart about it, insert an ad for a Bitcoin-related product just before you start listening. And just, just to say here, we will address this like privacy issue momentarily, um, but I think it's just worth noting that you can do a lot of targeted advertising without surveillance. Uh, I mean, a, a, an audit trail of a person without their identity having listened to four episodes about Bitcoin, and then they listen to an episode about JavaScript that is, a, that is a safely anonymous, targeted ad. There are certainly elements of, of ad targeting that is invasive, and I've certainly addressed that in, in other episodes of Software Engineering Daily. Um, but I just wanted to, to illustrate some points of dynamic insertion. Dynamic insertion is really important to understand for the future of podcasting because, as we'll explain in more detail later in the post, the centralized players are really, really good at dynamic insertion. And uh, part of it is is the fact that they even have this dynamic insertion technology and it's, it's, it's doable on the back end. But dynamic insertion is not really hard to implement. There's a bunch of people who have implemented it, but they've all done it in these platforms that you wouldn't really want to use. But I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that aside for now. Podcast surveillance. Before we discuss Podsheets, there's one more point around the downsides of podcast market consolidation towards platforms like Spotify and YouTube. When you listen to a podcast on a naive podcast player, there is usually not a system monitoring what words you are hearing. And when I say naive podcast player, I'm talking about things like Podcast Addict, Overcast, Overcast, 
um, dog catcher. Uh, a friend of mine uses dog catcher. That's this, you know, there's all these podcast players, and in in some sense, that's great. That's part of the strength of the medium is this lack of centralization. There's no reason, really, like there's no 10x better podcast player. Um, for the most part, I mean, you could make an argument for something like Overcast. Overcast is really great, um, but but the thing is, without centralization, there is there is less. Well, it's you have more options, so you can you can choose which podcast player to go with, and you're more likely to have the option to opt out of surveillance. So. I'm not making an argument for or against quote-unquote surveillance capitalism. I'm merely saying that in our lives, YouTube, for example, you don't really have an option to opt out of surveillance capitalism. It's just—and surveillance capitalism is—I'm is, is, using those words uh, somewhat sarcastically because I don't, I don't really have a problem with it personally, but I know many people who do. So I guess I'll explain that a little bit more. So— Many podcast consumers like things the dumb way. They like the fact that podcasting is just a podcast player reading MP3s from really dumb RSS infrastructure. Podcasting feels distinctly like radio or old school television because when you listen to a podcast about topic X on a dumb podcast player, you do not immediately start seeing display ads around the internet for X. And let's understand why this is the case. There is no transcript that has been aligned with the timestamps in the audio of that podcast. Because of this, there can be no natural language processing over this stream of audio. You cannot see improved search results or ad targeting or content recommendations based on the content you are listening to at a high granularity because nobody has transcribed and aligned that podcast audio um, with the with the length of time that you've actually listened to uh, the podcast. So there's a whole lot of room. And part of the reason for this is because transcription is expensive. I know this because there was one uh, there was one week in uh, where I, I took a week off and I just was experimenting and I tried to transcribe a bunch of episodes of so old episodes of software engineering daily that we don't have transcripts for. Um, I very quickly ran out of my free, $300 of Google Cloud credit, um, finding out that transcription is, is quite expensive today. But but YouTube does do it for, I believe, all of their videos, or at least most of their videos, or at least most of the popular videos. Anyway, transcription is going to get cheaper. All these centralized platforms are going to be transcribing what you're listening to and using it to target ads uh, on you, unless they explicitly say that they're, they're not doing that um, and you trust them. In any case, depending on who you are, this lack of ad targeting integrated with the podcast ecosystem, it could be a benefit or a disadvantage. You might see it as a disadvantage. Maybe you want better products, but you should kind of be able to choose, or we have the option to choose today. If you would believe in maintaining that option, then continue listening. As blockchain technology improves, the internet will offer a more granular range of surveillant media outlets. To be clear, Podsheets is not a blockchain-based podcasting tool. Um, I just I think blockchain technology will improve the amount of uh, non-surveillant technologies that we have access to, and uh, and some people will choose surveillance and they'll choose better ads and they'll choose convenience, 
and other people will choose privacy. And I think it's great that we'll have options uh, as, as blockchain technology improves. But until we have that kind of blockchain-powered private media, podcasting does remain one of the few bastions of semi-private media consumption. Today, podcasting is not surveillant because the infrastructure is immature. Transcription and audio alignment powered by deep learning remains expensive, as I found out. And as these costs drop, podcasting will become increasingly surveilled. Today's podcast infrastructure is decentralized. It's not heavily surveilled. Market consolidation into companies like Spotify and YouTube will increase that surveillance. Podsheets. Podsheets is an open source platform for podcasters. Podsheets will allow a podcaster to accomplish the following. Host their podcast's audio files, website content, and RSS feed on a backing storage medium of their choice. I would suggest AWS S3 or Google Cloud Storage, but you can do it wherever you want. You can manage the audio files to do updates in your ads or other dynamic insertions. You could manage ad inventory and communicate that inventory to potential advertising customers. You could allow for a podcaster to offer subscriptions or donations. You could give every podcast its own social network for its listeners. I know that last point sounds a little bit crazy, like giving every podcast its own social network. That's what we've done with Software Daily uh, and the apps, and it's actually going pretty well. We believe the following about Podsheets users. Podsheets should feel like a simple, vertical solution for a non-technical podcaster. Podsheets should feel like a modular toolset for a technical podcaster. Podsheets should feel like decomposable media platform software for a developer. Current state of Podsheets. As of today, which is April 13th, 2019, we are open sourcing Podsheets. Podsheets is a simple tool for hosting a podcast today. It only fulfills the minimum needs for a podcaster. But the interface is pretty nice. It's clean and minimalistic. We've got an interface for publishing and editing an episode. We've got an interface for a public website view. Keep in mind that the current SE Daily podcast and most podcasts are hosted on something like Squarespace or WordPress or Wix. And these websites aren't really that impressive. I mean, look, I'm going to navigate to Joe to Tim Ferriss's website right now. Uh, let's look at Tim Ferriss's website. It's He's one of the most popular podcasters uh, in the world. And, uh, you know, his website is not, not that impressive. Um, you know, it just looks like a kind of like a website from eight years ago. Um, which is fine, because that's all a podcaster really needs, um, at least if you're just being a podcaster. Um, so, so we've kind of got the MVP of a podcast hosting tool. But what's really important here is the vision, the number of problems that we could potentially solve with Podsheets and why it makes sense for this to be open source. Our design is minimalistic because podcasting is a minimalistic system. A podcast hosting tool is simply an interface for publishing and editing an RSS feed of text and audio files. Podsheets is built in React and Node.js. The audio files are stored in Google Cloud Storage. Well, that's what we were using. 
uh, we have in the uh, process of open sourcing it. We've uh, obviously hidden the keys and and so on, so you can integrate with your own Google Cloud storage if you like. We have a PodSheets.com live version of the site. It's on a Heroku instance, and we're open sourcing PodSheets. We've removed the information from our private repositories that relate to our own deployment. We've cleaned up the repository in order to open source it properly. And uh, you can you can fork it, you can hack on it, you can work on it. All those details are are in the show notes. You can go to uh, github.com slash crablar slash podsheets, uh, or we'll, we'll add a link to the show notes, obviously. The rest of this section describes a specification for podsheets. We'll explain the name podsheets, and we'll describe the features that an open-source podcast hosting platform needs to compete with the closed-source companies. In podsheets, we are arguing that podcasting can be improved by the introduction of open-source tools that empower a podcaster to the same extent as closed-source platforms. We saw this with the WordPress ecosystem for written content, and we're going to see it in the podcast ecosystem. There are many parallels between the world of open-source software and the world of podcasting. Podcasting feels free and open. Podcast content is useful and rebellious. We hope to build a community of people who are excited about open-source podcasting. To build Podsheets, we need help from many types of people. Designers and writers and engineers and podcasters and podcast listeners and QA testers. If you want to get involved, please follow our Find Collabs project and see our roles for contribution. The link for that project is in the show notes. That's where a lot of the action and collaboration is going to happen but of course, you can also follow our GitHub uh, at github.com slash crablar slash podsheets. And let's start to talk about the vision for what Podsheets is. Why do we need an open source platform for managing a podcast? Spreadsheets, the ultimate tool for media planning. Advertising is how most podcasters make their living. Paid subscriptions and donations are also important to the podcasting ecosystem, and we will explore these other monetization options a little bit later in this post. This section is about the tooling that Podsheets will offer for advertising-based podcasters. Advertising allows podcasters to run their own media company. One beauty of podcast advertising is that it can connect small audiences with products that those audiences have a genuine need for. Podcasters can find advertisers that do not compromise their views, and advertisers can find podcasters that fit narrow niches. Podcasters need a way to manage their own ad inventory. Without the option to self-manage ad inventory, podcasters will tend to turn to a centralized solution such as Spotify or a media agency. So, why the name Podsheets? We believe that managing the ad inventory of a podcast is best handled by a dynamic spreadsheet view that would allow podcasters to change their scheduled ads by simply changing a row in a spreadsheet-like view. Advertising is central to the life of a podcaster. A podcaster needs to find ad deals and manage the production of their advertising content. 
The advertising needs to be harmonious with the podcast content. Many podcasters are solo entrepreneurs. They do not have employees. They are doing everything themselves. A dynamic spreadsheet allows a podcaster to manage the podcast along with their advertising. Our perspective on the importance of the podcast spreadsheet comes from personal experience of running Software Engineering Daily. We've scheduled roughly 3,000 ads across all of our episodes. And here we revisit the spreadsheet in the document associated with this episode, the spreadsheet that we use to plan our podcast episode calendar. Our spreadsheet is used for planning the show schedule, budgeting and scheduling ads, communicating our upcoming shows to advertisers who may want to buy targeted ads on those shows, notating edits that we need to communicate to our audio editor. I am quite sure that experienced podcasters who I have spoken to all have a similar spreadsheet or a Trello board or a show management tool, something that they are using to manage all of this stuff that is not custom-built for podcasts. Podcasters need dynamic insertion. Podsheets will allow the spreadsheet view to be tied to the current state of a given podcast episode. This will enable easy dynamic podcast ad management. It also gives a place for podcast editors, hosts, producers, and operations members to collaborate. Self-managed dynamic ad insertion allows a podcaster to control their own media platform and earn more money. It is important to emphasize how much money a podcaster is giving up without dynamic insertion. This is because podcasts are evergreen content. Listeners are often seeking out episodes that are 10 years old. Listeners who hear these episodes are listening to old ads, which are not paying a podcaster anymore. Let's illustrate with an example. We have one show with Zamak Degani, which aired on uh, February 1st, 2018. We had four ads scheduled on that show. The ads were from OutSystems, Datadog, Microsoft, and GoCD. Most podcast ads are sold on a 6- to 36-week performance basis. When we sell Software Engineering Daily ads, which are permanently embedded in the audio file, the advertiser is only judging us based on the performance over the next 6-36 to 36 weeks. So this means that downloads that we get after 36 weeks are almost never monetized. Over the last three months, we've had 206 listens to this episode that was published in February 2018 that I mentioned, this episode with Jamak Degani. At a $25 CPM, which is lower bound pricing for a podcast with a technical audience, that means that we left $5 on the table for this episode. We could have monetized those 206 listens and earned $5. Now, we have roughly 1,000 episodes in our back catalog. That means we could have earned $5,000 in additional ad sales if we could have easily sold and dynamically inserted this new ad inventory over the last three months. Let me emphasize something. Podcasters with a large back catalog need a way to dynamically change the ad inventory. The only available solutions today are closed-source, expensive products such as Megaphone. Megaphone hosts the shows for some of the biggest podcasters in the world, including Malcolm Gladwell. 
The relationship between a podcaster and a closed source hosting and dynamic insertion platform is similar to the relationship between YouTubers and YouTube. Now, we're lucky to live in a time when the centralized options such as Megaphone and YouTube, they allow so many small media platforms to thrive. That's great, but we need options that are more portable and are not overseen by monolithic institutions. Podcasters make much more money if they use dynamic insertion. To the extent that dynamic insertion technology is centralized, podcasting will be centralized. So how should Podsheet's dynamic insertion work? Let's revisit the Software Engineering Daily spreadsheet. As a reminder, the ads in this spreadsheet, for, most, for the most part, are no longer generating any revenue for Software Engineering Daily. I have a spreadsheet that basically goes back to the beginning of Software Engineering Daily uh, three and a half years ago. And it's it's got a bunch of ads in it. Now, those ads are no longer generating your revenue, but they're they're still the episodes are still getting listens. The ads are still getting listens. These are these are ads that are not generating me any money. Those ad deals were made in uh, January 2018. If we're talking about the episode on February 1st with Jamak Degani, February 1st, 2018, those ad deals were probably made in January, the previous month. Uh, and we were we we got paid by the end of March. So by the time the month of June started. We were in talks with some of the sponsors to renew their ads. We were in talks with other sponsors who chose not to renew. So let's let's imagine that uh, that I then enter into a deal with Audible. Let let's say in June of 2018, after the ad deals that I made in January, after I made the deals in Q1, let's say we let's say we enter into a negotiation with Audible in Q2 or Q3. So if Audible wants to buy audible.com by the way the audiobook subscription service that you hear about on on many podcasts let's say they want to buy 2000 podcast episode listens at a cost of $25 CPM that would come out to a total cost of $50 now in an ideal world we would be able to serve those podcast ads on any episode that gets listens so we would be able to serve those 2000 podcast episode listens on new episodes on old episodes we should be able to dynamically manage this inventory. Editing old episodes requires splicing out the ads in the old audio file and splicing in the new ads to the file. This is a time-consuming process to do in an audio editing tool like Audacity or GarageBand. Uh, now, I believe that some podcasters have rolled their own tool for doing some dynamic ads management, um, I would love to get to, to, to hear from some of these podcasters, but for the most part, if you want dynamic insertion, you are using a tool like Libsyn, you're using a tool like um, you're using a tool like Megaphone, uh, or if you want to manage your own dynamic insertion, you could use, again, GarageBand, which is an audio editing tool. Now, for each audio file that you would want to edit, you would need to do the following. One, find the start and end timestamp of the old ad you want to replace. Two, remove audio from the old ad. Three, compare the length. I'm not going to read all this stuff. It's basically, it's terrible to replace your old ads. It's really annoying. Now, closed source tools like Megaphone, they have a script that lets you dynamically insert ads easily. And such a script can be created with FFmpeg, which is an open source tool for editing media files. Podsheets will require a script 
for doing this ad splicing. In Podsheets, you should be able to change the ads inserted in a particular episode. It should be as easy as changing the entry in a spreadsheet. So to, to, to understand what I'm trying to say here, I should be able to go into my spreadsheet where I have a grid of episodes and ads on that episode. I should be able to edit an ad that is in an episode, and I should be able to change the ad that is in the audio file dynamically just by changing a row in a spreadsheet. That is the goal. That is the holy grail. That is the idea of Podsheets. That is that is one part of it. There's a lot of other benefits if you if you if you begin to manage all your ad inventory in this kind of spreadsheet. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, but like our our system should should register that these episodes now have an audible ad. We should be able to change it dynamically. Now they have an audible ad. Our stats tracking system should aggregate the new listens that these episodes get so that we can easily evaluate the number of listens that we've received across the new campaign. One downside of this system is that it requires podcasters to notate the timestamps of the initial ads in their episodes. For podcasters that can afford it, this notation exercise can be outsourced to digital knowledge workers or to podcast audio editors. Um, in any case, it's it's it, this is an annoyance to notate the timestamps, but it can be outsourced. Um, there, potentially, we could introduce uh, tooling that would make this easier. Um, but but this example that I'm illustrating, where where Audible, let's say Audible buys two thousand podcast listens, it's simple, but it's powerful. Um, it, it, and and it, by the way, this is not something that only applies to a podcast that's at scale, like Software Engineering Daily. If we can make this tool easy and free and and uh, and 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 kind of a default for people, you could just make a little bit of money. Now, I realize that a lot of this stuff is not going to be important for your average podcaster. Your average podcaster is like your average blogger. Like this is something I do on the weekend. It's not my professional job. I don't really care about this. But it's it's important to note that. What happened in the world of WordPress was you had this this core set of tools that satisfied the needs of the beginner blogger as well as the uh, sophisticated professional blogger. Like WordPress has great integrations that you can uh, use for for different ad management tools um, for display ads. Uh, that ecosystem fostered something that that had a lot of incentives for people to create little plugins and cool little things for sharing and this really great ecosystem that ended up being quite useful even for the introductory podcasters. Uh, sorry, for the introductory bloggers, but you can see where my head, my head is at. Um, I, think, I think we need a, kind of a WordPress for podcasting. Now let's come back to the, to the spreadsheet idea. Now, obviously spreadsheets are great for this dynamic podcast uh, ad insertion. But you could also write macros to run really creative ad campaigns uh, on top of that that uh, that ad insertion uh, infrastructure. You could serve ads to specific users in specific geographies. You could serve ads on all episodes about a specific topic. You could do a lot of interesting things that would be useful to a professional podcaster. Decentralized advertising. Again, if you're not a podcaster... The ability to dynamically manage your ad inventory may not sound like a killer feature. Understand that advertising is how podcasters make most of their money. 
that is not likely to change in the near future. Podcasters need advertisers, and podcasters need technology to manage their advertisements. It's also important to note that the place where your podcast is hosted has all the gravity around your ads management infrastructure because you need to do this procedure of replacing the uh, the podcast audio with a new ad. It's also worth coming back to the frictions that are inherent in modern podcast advertising. Podcast advertising is decentralized. There are not central players that dominate the podcast ad ecosystem. This is really different than a lot of other ad ecosystems. Most ad ecosystems are completely dominated by Facebook and Google, um, at least on the internet. And if you really care about podcasts, if you really believe in podcasts, I, I truly believe in podcasts. Like Podcasts make such a difference in my life. You kind of want them to stay to stay the same. I mean, it makes you a little bit conservative when you look at this beautiful podcast ecosystem and how it seems so different than other other media ecosystems. There's something about it that is different, and and so I think we need tools to maintain that differentiation. The world of podcasts is in a different universe than the rest of the internet. Podcast advertising in its current form has somehow moved us beyond the bureaucracy of advertising agencies, the menacing opacity of corporate advertising duopolies of Google and Facebook, and the ineffectiveness of the one-size-fits-all advertising unit. Advertising on podcasts works largely because it is this influencer type of marketing. It is the host who is advocating for a product. Oftentimes, it's a product the host actually uses. We don't want to lose these qualities. With Podsheets, we can build a tool for empowering podcasters. We can also paint a picture for how other media formats can decentralize as well. It's really important here to note that uh, by decentralization, I'm not talking about cryptocurrency. I'm just talking about the lack of this gigantic, monolithic set of players that that suck up all the attention and suck up all the dollars and the algorithms and the opaqueness of media channels. Okay, let's talk about the future of media. Podcasting represents the future of media. Consider the following three aspects of the podcast ecosystem. Consumers are extremely happy with the state of podcasting. There's no shortage of content. Listeners are finding comfort and joy in their podcast listening habits. Content producers have control of their content. In contrast to Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, it's almost impossible to get deplatformed or demonetized as a podcaster. Advertisers are seeing excellent results. Most podcast advertising is highly measurable direct response campaigns with ads read by the host. This format resonates with consumers. Every constituent in podcasting is happy. Podcasting's decentralized nature allows the actors to operate independently. The podcast ecosystem has self-organized into a beautiful, chaotic, positive-sum environment. Centralized platforms like YouTube and Twitter and Facebook have enabled all of us to connect with each other, and that's great. Centralization allows for economies of scale that would not exist in a fragmented, decentralized ecosystem. 
but the centralization that brings us economies of scale also comes at a cost. We need decentralized platforms. We need Twitter to create a town square for all of us to connect within. We need Facebook to onboard new internet users with a system that's more intuitive than the open web. That is why people start with Facebook, is because it's so intuitive. We need Google to unify our intellect. But we also need decentralization. Decentralized technologies give us fresh and fertile ground to play with on the internet. To see this in action, you need to look no further than podcasts. The decentralized model of podcasting will spread across other mediums, notably video and social networking. In the long term, Podsheets should allow podcasters to move up the stack and own their entire platforms, all built on open source software. This is what I am doing with Software Daily, with the Software Engineering Daily apps. I want my own platforms, and and I think everybody else should have their own platforms. A social network for every podcast. Software Engineering Daily is built on WordPress. We use WordPress to publish our podcast episodes and to share basic text and audio information with our listeners. WordPress was built as a publishing tool, not a social network. Software Engineering Daily has a community of 30,000 frequent listeners and 150,000 occasional listeners, and they want to connect with each other. Two years ago, our community started working on an open source platform called Software Daily. Software Daily gives us the following tools that we cannot offer through WordPress, and you can see all this in action at softwaredaily.com. We have comments and forums and profiles that allow users to connect with each other. We have advanced indexing and search functionality. We have subscription offerings so that users can pay us to opt out of advertising. We have related links which is a wiki-like feature that allows users to add additional resources. How many times have you been listening to a podcast and and thought, man, there's so much, like, there's like a spider of content that I wish I could explore that are adjacent to this podcast episode, but like I go into the podcast, it's just like some show notes, and it's like not really approachable. It should be more like a wiki. Like, there should be more approachability and metadata and, and user-generated content around every podcast episode. Software Daily has mobile apps. This allows us to offer a logged-in experience to podcast listeners so that we can customize their experience based on what episodes they listen to. Our mobile apps can be used to listen to our episodes without ads using our paid subscription feature. Now, yes, this is painting a vision of one, you know, one app per podcast. Kind of. I mean, for the for the podcasters I really care about, for the podcasters I listen to most closely, people like um, I mean I, I don't want to name names, but it's just it's I wouldn't mind downloading their apps. Like for the for some of them, I mean uh, like Sam Harris's app, for example, that app is really popular. Um, he he made an app and it's quite popular. I like I don't download it, but it you know he's got millions of listeners. And he only needs a very small percentage of them to download it to have like an instant community, which is pretty cool. So, so this this functionality I do believe would be a useful option to any podcaster with a substantial community. Like there are so many podcasts with like tens of thousands of listens, uh, listeners, 
and uh, and like why not spin up a social network? Like if it's just one click, like why not? I mean, if people are doing like spinning up Facebook groups and and um, you know the Facebook on the Facebook groups, like it's it's you know Facebook groups for podcast episodes and and Reddit groups for podcast episodes. It's like I think podcasters like they there's enough depth to these communities that they deserve their own platform that they have complete control over. In the future, Podsheets could allow a quick and easy way to spin up your own social network for your podcast. Now, we have built this for Software Engineering Daily. It's open source. We've got a script that runs that scrapes our WordPress and uh, and basically like takes our WordPress and automatically turns it into a social network. Um, we should enable this for any podcaster. It should be super easy to spin up a social network for your podcast. I, I would use, I mean, I'm thinking about some podcasters I had on the show, um, like the, the, um, the, 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 some cryptocurrency shows I've had on the show, uh, Laura Shin's show, uh, Unchained and, uh, and Adam Levine's show, Let's Talk Bitcoin. Both of these shows have vibrant cryptocurrency communities, uh, that are deep thinkers. Like they're not, they're not all shills, like you know, you'll find in in many Bitcoin um, forums, and uh, and and I would love to like visit those social networks and like hang out in them for a bit and like discuss podcast episodes. That sounds pretty cool, to me. Um, and and the other thing like we we get out of this is is you get this open source platform as a podcaster. You can manage events, you can manage donations, you could build an email list, you could sell e-commerce, any other functionality that requires a user login. And, and I do think it is, we should have this granularity of user login where, look, I am logging into um, to, to the Tyler Cowen app, or I am logging into the Sam Harris app, and, and that's like the, that's all that's the only permission I'm giving here. I don't want to use like the, the, the Google login system. I don't want to use the Facebook login system. This is just like me logging into this person's app. I'm trusting their security policies. I'm trusting their data governance policies. Anyway, the coming disaggregation. Open source software has disaggregated the infrastructure layer. But open source does not replace the proprietary layer. It gives users another option. We have Linux in addition to Windows. We have Android in addition to iOS. The same phenomenon is coming to the application layer. We will see open source, easily manageable alternatives to YouTube and Instagram and Netflix. Text publishing has already been disaggregated by WordPress. Audio publishing has been disaggregated by podcasts. With Podsheets, we hope to give podcasters an alternative to the centralized networks. But it is an adjunct alternative. It is not a complete replacement. I am on Spotify, and I will remain on Spotify. A podcaster does not need to opt out of the centralized ecosystem completely to use Podsheets. As the cost of computing and storage drops to zero, the media landscape will change in favor of the creators. Raw resources will not be scarce, but creativity and entrepreneurship will always be scarce. Video has not been disaggregated yet possibly due to the size of video files? Social networks have not been disaggregated yet, perhaps because of the importance of strong recommendation systems and search algorithms and user interfaces and 
other complexities that are required to make a decent social network. Eventually, video creators and social media influencers will want tools to build and manage their own platforms. They will realize that these platforms, they create opportunity, but they also take a cut. And in the limit, every media company becomes a social media company. And every social media company wants its own platform. The golden age of decentralized media is starting with podcasting. Let's hope it never ends.